It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. We are living in turbulent times. You know that. Everybody knows that. We go in cycles in America and we're now in a down cycle. And all of us are affected by the lack of calm. Calm is a good word, C-A-L-M, calm. It's not around, all right? It is way too intense on almost every level for Americans to feel comfortable. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So it's all about anger now. Anger in America taking over. You saw it today, President Biden mentioned Donald Trump 21 times in his speech on the West Coast. And Trump had nothing to do with the meeting on the West Coast with the Asian leaders. It was an economic meeting. But Biden's obsessed with Trump because he's losing in the polls right now to a man he detests. All right. So Biden and the Democratic Party are essentially trying to tell Americans that Trump is a Nazi. And if you support Trump, you're a stormtrooper, too. That's really out there. And it engenders anger on the part of those who do support Donald Trump. On the Republican side, it's the same thing. Anger growing. All right. Biden's incompetent. Biden's corrupt. The progressive culture, the open border, crime in the streets, nothing done about it. Anger, anger, anger. 
So both sides are furious. When you get angry, you do not think clearly. And you do things often that are going to come back to hurt you. But next year in 2024, we will have the angriest campaign outside of the Civil War years that I think we've ever had in this country. It will be brutal next year. Now, to demonstrate, we have the Israel-Hamas situation. And again, in America, people taking sides. So yesterday, there are the pro-Hamas people, all right, they're in D.C., sieging the Capitol. Go. Okay, so only one arrest, all right? Um, Six officers are treated for injuries. And I bet you the person who was arrested, nothing will happen. Stark contrast to January 6th, I know what you're thinking. January 6th is a lot worse. I mean, he went breaking in and hurting police officers and all that. But one arrest? Come on. I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, the Capitol Police are reporting that uh, 200 people, 200, remember one arrest, illegally and violently protested in the Capitol Hill neighborhood. But they didn't arrest them. (laughs) Okay. Illegally and violently. So these pro-Hamas people are angry at primarily the Democratic Party, primarily Biden. Their anger is going there. Now, the uh, protest yesterday was sponsored by the Jewish Voice for Peace Action, which is the largest Jewish progressive anti-Zionist organization in the world. So there are some Jews hating Israel, and I don't really want to get into that, but all I want to tell you is that this anger is going to lead to more violence in this country. No doubt about it. Okay, there is no doubt about it. But there was an exception on Tuesday when about 500,000 people showed up in Washington to demonstrate in support of Israel. This crew was peaceful. So the pro-Palestinian Hamas crew, anti-Israel crew, violent, this crew, peaceful, which proves to everybody you can protest in a civil, responsible way. Okay, so with both parties now trafficking in anger, remember Donald Trump, against my advice, I told the president when he asked me, I don't give unsolicited advice to anybody, um, run as a statesman, run on your record. He's not. He's running on grievance that he is a victim of a corrupt system. And he can back that up to some extent. He can absolutely back it up. This New York City real estate civil suit, this is the most absurd thing in the world. All right? This is so nakedly un-American, I can't even tell you. So Trump does have a legitimate grievance, but that's what his campaign is going to be about. I'm going to get back into the Oval Office. I'm going to clean out all these rats. I'm going to take care of all of them. That's his primary message. Not that I kept inflation under control. I kept Putin under control. I had the border sealed down. Not even mentioning that stuff. I destroyed ISIS. It's these rats are doing this to the country. I'm going to get them. On the other side, it's, hey, Adolf Trump. 
Here he is. Fascist going to ruin democracy. Hillary Clinton is a big mouth on that. But now Biden's picking it up. Okay. Now, this is unhealthy. I remember when I interviewed Barack Obama, and this is an interesting story. So I was not unfair to President Obama, but I was critical of him in some areas. He made an enormous mistake by taking the troops out of Iraq so ISIS could reconstitute. That cost tens of thousands of lives, that mistake. Obama corrected the mistake, but not, you know, all these people were dead. All right. And then Trump came in and just wiped out ISIS, a continuation. But that was a mistake that was incalculable. You can argue Obamacare all day long, but what happened was Barack Obama in his eight years unleashed an enormous amount of federal spending, and now we're drowning in it. He unleashed it. There's no restraint. Okay? But when Obama did something good, I would mention it. So in the three interviews I did with him, uh, you know, we had a respectful back and forth. And I got led, well, you didn't do this to Obama. You should have said this to Obama. You know, they wanted me to crush him. And I'm not going to do that to a sitting president of the United States. But if you Google the interviews, O'Reilly, Barack Obama, you see I was the toughest interview that he has ever sat through. And it's not even close. But anyway, after the interview, President Obama and I would have... You know, we talked about Lincoln. He's a big Lincoln fan. He read Killing Lincoln. And he took me up to the Lincoln bedroom, showed me the handwritten Gettysburg address. My God. You know, he didn't have to do that. And it was and when on our brother's my brother's keeper, he I helped him on that. And he was, you know, back and forth. There was a dialogue. Okay? That's gone. There's no way I could even talk to Joe Biden, get close to Joe Biden. He'd never allow it. Okay, he doesn't want anybody criticizing him. And the same with Trump. Okay, so we have the United States of hate. I mean, real hate. And you know it. I mean, I see it. Most of the people that I see in person, and everybody knows me, now this YouTube thing, we're on, you know, so many outlets. But the YouTube thing has brought in the younger people who now recognize me all over the place. My son was, I think I told you a story. I don't want to be repetitive, but, I, but let me just review it quickly because it just startled me. So my son is on the Oxford University lacrosse team in England, ranked second in the country, by the way. All right. And he's playing um, a college in Wales. And... Uh, before the game, he had O'Reilly on his jersey. The other team, about five or six of them, came over and said, you Bill O'Reilly, so my father. He goes, how do you know my father? YouTube. And he was like this. Uh, he usually doesn't cop to me and my son, but there I, he did. So anyway, um, we have a lot of new people that didn't watch the O'Reilly Factor on Fox News, because that was an older audience, still is over there at Fox. And I very rarely do I get any hatred directed at me on one on one in the mail, in the media all day long, every day, never stops. One on one, I'm six foot four and I'm 200 pounds and I'm in decent shape. They're not going to come up to me and do that. All right. But 
I sense it sometimes. Not often, because my home team here on Long Island, pretty much on my side. But I go to the Upper West Side of Manhattan, you, you can see it. All right, East Hampton, Long Island, you can feel it. But I don't care, because I'm doing my job. But I don't like the hatred. I mean, that's why I go on Cuomo on News Nation. Because I want to show everybody, look, you can do this and disagree, but you can also be respectful. Because it doesn't happen anymore. So I'm really, uh, I'm sorry for the dark vision, but I'm worried next year, 24. Um, but we're on it. And that's the memo. Hey, guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. Uh, joining us now is a, a woman who's following us very closely for the Washington Examiner. Her name is Kaylee McGee White, coming to us from Washington, D.C. She uh, runs the Restoring America um, branch of the uh, Washington Examiner. So um, what are the odds they take the fifth, Miss White? I think pretty high because, as you say, it would be a felony if they're found perjuring themselves before Congress. And they're going to be asked some really pointed questions that the Republicans have been longing to ask for several months now, which is, what services did you provide to these foreign businesses in order to justify earning hundreds of thousands of dollars at a time? And again, House Republicans have tracked down the money trail in regards to this. They have bank documents proving that Hunter Biden specifically earned a $400,000 check from a Chinese energy company. But again, it is not clear what service he provided in order to earn that. So how does Hunter Biden answer that question without either perjuring himself or exposing that this was part of a larger Biden family influence peddling scheme? All right. But if he takes the fifth, then it's all moot because no, you're not going to get any answers. You could ask the question all day long. 
But Americans who follow this kind of a thing, and I would say I put that number at about 40 percent, 60 don't care or too lazy to follow it. They're not going to you're not going to be able to advance the story other than making the Jim and Hunter Biden look foolish. Correct. Correct. But I mean, I think that what you said at the beginning of the, of the program is correct. Biden's not going to be impeached. The House is not going to vote to impeach Joe Biden. The Senate certainly would not vote to convict him. So the reason that House Republicans are pursuing this investigation as they are is really, I believe, it, it's to help Republicans' chances in the 2024 election and also to give the public the information that they were deprived of back in 2020 when the media launched a concerted effort to squash any reports about Hunter Biden's business dealings and Joe Biden's alleged involvement. Um, but I, again, I don't think that House Republicans would ever vote to impeach Biden. Why, I don't think that I, I, why would they not? Because more information is going to be coming out about Joe Biden. And already we know that he received a $200,000 check from his brother, uh, Jim. And now they say it was a repay of a loan, but they can't back up when the original loan was. I don't know about that. I think that they may go for an impeachment vote. Um, might not get it, but you say they're going to err on the side of caution. If they don't think they have the votes, they won't put it up, right? Right. They're not going to put up an impeachment and embarrass themselves by not getting unified support from their own caucus. Right. And again, this is a Republican problem. They should vote to impeach Joe Biden because it's very clear that he was involved in some way. But Republicans can't even gather together to choose who they're going to have as speaker. OK, We're, and you, you think that they're going to be unified in order to impeach the president? Uh, no, of the United I, I, it would be hard to think of any Republican sitting in the House right now that would vote not to impeach Biden. When all of them are up next November, that would almost be like ending their career, would it not? Well, I think that it depends on how you view the impeachment process. In many of these swing states, impeachments of any president in the past, including the impeachments of President Trump, were politically unpopular among voters because voters don't tend to like yeah. divisive actions. So if Republicans view this as a liability moving into their tough elections, they're going to vote with the Democrats. Well, it's a good point. Um, they, they might chicken out because of uh, selfish reasons. Based, last question for you. Based upon what you know, and you know a lot, do you believe that Joe Biden as vice president and then after he left that office, was totally aware of this big grift of, of $20 million coming in based on his name. Do you, uh, Kaylee McGee White, believe that as an American? Yeah, I believe that he was aware of it the entire time. You don't set up 20 shell companies. You don't use dozens of anonymous pseudonym email accounts to correspond with your son for any purpose but nefarious activity. There was a very concerted effort by Joe Biden himself to cover up what he was discussing with Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's business partners. So the idea that he was not aware where this money was coming from or what his son was doing in order to make it is ridiculous. Do you think that he derived money from the grift, that he actually, he and Jill benefited financially from that? 
Yeah, I do. Again, the $400,000 check that Hunter Biden received from CEFC, which is the Chinese energy company, um, Joe Biden ended up getting $40,000 in the form of a check from James and Sarah Biden. Now, we know from one of Hunter Biden's past business associates that in that energy deal, it was promised that there would be a 10% cut for the big guy, which many believe to be Joe Biden. 40,000 is 10% of 400,000. Yep. I, I see it impractical that he would not have personally benefited from this. Now, the circumstantial evidence is overwhelming. There's no, no, you can't say it isn't. But two things are going to happen. Number one, the corporate media is going to ignore this story almost entirely, no matter what it is, unless there's a criminal indictment against uh, Joe Biden on this issue. And number two, they're going to ratchet up the Trump is Hitler stuff, which you're, you're hearing about it now almost every day. Trump is Hitler, um, hoping that, you know, that will diminish any kind of um, grift that Joe Biden took place in. Last word. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. The media is not going to cover this. They're going to continue to go after Trump. But also you're going to hear more comments like the one that we heard from Governor Gavin Newsom a few weeks ago when he was asked about this scandal. He said, well, I hardly think that influence peddling is that unique in Washington. And that was meant to excuse or justify the Biden sure. family profiting from Biden's influence. So yeah. this is the excuse that they're running with now. Okay. We appreciate it, Ms. White. Thank you for taking the time to help us out. All right, let's go to uh, New York City. Uh, there are 6 million Jews in the USA, approximately. Okay, Most of them live in New York City with Los Angeles second. All right, in the city, in October last month, hate crimes against Jews rose 214%. So there were 22... Uh, hate crime indictments um, in October 22, 69 last month. And that's, of course, because of the Hamas stuff and the crazy nuts that are running around uh, hating the Jews. So as some of you know, dailychatter.com is our foreign, um, foreign reportage partner. I mean, we can't, we don't have the resources to hire people to cover the news around the world, but Daily Chatter does a pretty good job of that. So we partnered up with dailychatter.com and they're based in Boston. And, and today's edition, um, and this is why I'm partnering with them, there's an article on there is some vigilante stuff going on inside Israel against Palestinian civilians. And, you know, I'm not surprised but uh, it's a pretty detailed report. Um, between October 7th and the 27th, three-week period, 110 Palestinians in the West Bank were murdered. That's a lot, okay? Um, and enraged Israelis, in a large part of these cases, are doing it. Now, the government of Israel has got to get a handle on that. You can't have that vigilante stuff going on. So... You thought you should know about it. London, over the weekend, eh, you know, maybe a half million. Uh, and London is the nexus of the uh, Arab presence in Europe. And they're uh, supporting Hamas and they hate Israel, of course. There's no, you know, it's been going on forever. It was going on when I was there 50 years ago studying in uh, the University of London. 
Um, and, and there they are. And if you go to London, um, there's a huge Arab presence in that city. Enormous. But in Germany, it's the opposite. So the German governor, uh, government has banned any pro-Hamas activities, like putting up a poster or marching around going, I like Hamas. You get arrested. And in Germany, you'll get prosecuted. Because the Germans got the anti-Semitism historical problem. So we're in England, the Arabs can do whatever they want, not in Germany. Interesting, right? Who was there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings and barbecues. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Did you know every day is a perfect day for peace of mind? With American Home Shield Warranty, you are covered for unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters. Choose a plan that fits your budget and rest easy knowing repairs and replacements are taken care of. Simply contact American Home Shield when an issue arises and their trusted pros will handle it according to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash bill. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. So I wanted to get the best expert, as I always do uh, for you guys, to talk about um, President Biden's foreign policy outlook. And the best guy in a country, in my opinion, humble opinion, is a former senator from Connecticut, Joseph Lieberman. He's not an ideologue, got tons of experience in the Middle East. He knows China very well. Senator, thanks for uh, helping us out here. Um, What I want to know first is, overall, Israel Hamas, is the Biden administration handling it well? What grade would you give them? Yeah, Bill, great to be with you, and thanks for your kind words. Uh, in introduction. So um, I guess I'd give them a, a B plus. Uh, both, uh, these are two real challenges to our security, American to world security and to our values, the Hamas uh, attack on the Israelis, which is really Iran that hates us and hates Israel and really hates the Arab countries as well. 
and of course, uh, Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Um, so I would say President Biden's administration have taken a strong position supporting both the Ukrainians and the Israelis. Why is it B plus? I think with the Ukrainians, we could have given them some uh, better military systems sooner. Um, with uh, the, the current situation in the Middle East, um, of course, everybody, nobody likes to see innocent civilians uh, in uh, Gaza uh, being hurt or killed as a result of the Israeli uh, uh, effort to destroy Hamas. But, but that's Hamas's fault. And I, I, I just don't think we should pressure our allies in Israel to cease fire or stop the fight. So um, maybe there could be a little less of that from the administration. But overall, the president's uh, okay. restated American leadership in the world. And, and that's important. And not everybody on Capitol Hill agrees with that. So it's doubly important. Okay. Were you surprised at all of the demonstrations, particularly at the universities, against the state of Israel? Did that surprise you? Yeah, it's not just the demonstrations, because maybe you could figure that because there's such a, a leftist influence on college campuses. But the, the size and the intensity of it and the terrible hatred, not just sort of um, anti-Israel, but in some cases, pretty clearly anti-Semitic, and to a certain extent, anti-American. It makes me think that some radical left-wing groups infiltrated those pro-Palestinian uh, demonstrations with tearing down American flags, you know, and, and uh, burning and, and, and whacking not only uh, Netanyahu, but Biden uh, as if they were pinatas. That, that's awful stuff, and, uh, and it doesn't speak for the American people but but it but it sends out a terrible message from American college campuses. Yeah, and you got Harvard, MIT, and the top schools in the country basically justifying it by not taking any action against the anti-Semites and the destructive people. They basically let it go. And did that surprise you? Well, it 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 did, but frankly, not as much because I've, I've watched that happen on college campuses. The too many of the administrators try to please everybody, and you know. Uh, a university is supposed to be a place of truth where you teach truth and learn truth. And in, in these cases, you just can't please everybody. Some people are just plain wrong. And, and a, a president of a university should say that. If demonstrators are anti-Semitic, the president shouldn't feel like, oh, they, they're going to make a wishy-washy statement. Everybody has a point here. No, not everybody does have a point. That's true. And, uh, and um... I wish they um, it's your crew, not you, but you are, ended your political career as an independent, but the Democratic Party, right. my God. Now, I set uh, this segment up by saying that the Xi-Biden meeting is important for everybody in the world. You want to drop tensions with China if you can. But I don't believe Joe Biden is in charge of this. I see it's Jake Sullivan and it's uh, the Secretary of State Blinken. They'll be sitting next to Biden. They're pretty much calling the shots. You know the inside. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, Biden is the president, so it's up to him to assert the authority of the commander in chief. But there's no question that Jake Sullivan and Blinken are important to him. Look, I think the important thing in these meetings tomorrow between Biden and Xi is that we're coming in in a position of strength. And I hope President Biden understands that and reflects that at the table, which is to say our economy is in so much better shape 
than the Chinese economy. They're they're hurting of their own economic uh, yeah. maladministration. But but we're also hurting them with our sanctions, and they're going to need some help. And it's an opportunity not to rub Xi's face in it, but uh, uh, to to reach some agreements. You know, there there are competitors, there are challengers. They have a whole way of life and way of government that's totally different from ours. But the key here is uh, we don't want to get in a war with them. We don't even want to get in a cold war with them. And it would be great if we can come out with some agreements uh, from this meeting in San Francisco. Maybe the beginning of looking at some of the tariffs to see which ones are hurt both countries and they, they take them off. But I'd like to see the Chinese admit that they have a role to play in cutting down the movement of fentanyl in our country, yeah, that's um, which, yep. which, which they do. And look, long-term, um, this takes me back to 1972, Nixon, Kissinger, when one of their main motivations for opening up relations with China was to separate China from Russia. And here again today, uh, China gives a lot more heft to Russia, Iran, and North Korea than those devils deserve. And we got to convince them that it'd be a lot better yeah, for back them. Off, back off from uh, that, right? It's amazing how history does repeat itself. Hey, Senator, it always is. a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for taking the time, and I hope we can do it again soon. Thank you. Me too, Bill. Have a great day. Now, on to the 2024 presidential run. There is an alpha outfit called Stack Data Strategy. I have never heard of it. Uh, it's an English corporation. They did research on 15,205 U.S. registered voters. That is a big crew. Okay, they finished the research in early November, early this month. And here is the data they are putting out. I cannot vouch for this, but the data is interesting. Number one, it projects that Trump would defeat Biden if the election were held today, 292 electoral votes to 246. But Biden would still win the popular vote, 49 to 48 percent. That's because of California. California will never again even come close to voting for a Republican. It's the nation's largest state. So the popular vote will always go to a Democrat from now until the end of this country. It's just the way it is. The states uh, that are in play, Biden is expected to win Colorado, Maine, Michigan, Minnesota, New Hampshire, Nevada, Virginia. I'm surprised about Nevada because other uh, polling has Nevada in the Trump camp. But this is what they say. The state Trump's uh, Trump's supposed to win the contested states, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Nebraska, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, that's a big one, Texas and Wisconsin. All right, so um, this is what they say. Trump would win electoral vote and uh, if the election were held tomorrow. Let's go to the U.S. Supreme Court. You know that Clarence Thomas, the most conservative of the Supreme Court justices, took a bunch of gifts from his friends. He got an RV. He got uh, vacations, private jet flights. A bunch of stuff. And um, a very left-wing group, ProPublica, has been embarrassing Clarence Thomas and the Supreme Court for months. So now there is uh, a new code 
the court announced its first formal code of conduct governing ethical behavior of the nine justices. But they really didn't put a code in. They just said a justice should uphold the integrity and independence of the judiciary, that kind of stuff. There's no, you, you have to do this, you have to do that. None of that. So it's just a bunch of BSPR stuff. Now, what should happen <clears throat> is that all gifts over what? 250 bucks have to be reported to the chief justice's office and any trips or any vacations or any gratuities, anything over $250 had to be reported and approved by John Roberts, the chief justice of the Supreme Court. And then if Roberts takes something, he's got to give it, designate somebody to approve or disapprove. It's got, there, there, it can be done. I understand a court not wanting to give any power to the politicians because then it becomes, well, we hate Thomas because he's a conservative or we hate um, Sotomayor because she's a liberal. You don't want that. The Supreme Court should be able to police itself, but they have no rules here and they need rules because this is the most powerful governing body in this country. It's got to have 100 percent credibility with the folks. I mean, the Supreme Court is more powerful than the president. Because he can knock out what the president does, knock out his executive orders. So you can't have anybody taking stuff. Got it? Supreme Court? Apparently you don't, because you should have done a lot better than this. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast, politics by faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine, enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, you know, Catherine Herridge, she used to be at Fox. Uh, I know her very well. Good reporter. She went to CBS, chief investigative correspondent. Uh, she's involved in a lawsuit. So uh, a Chinese American has sued the federal government um, for uh, slandering and uh, libeling her, okay? Yam Ping Chen, she is a scientist and apparently was investigated by the FBI and others uh, while she was at George Washington University. And uh, nothing happened. No federal charges were brought against her. And Catherine Herridge uh, reported on the situation. Now, because of the lawsuit, uh, Ms. Chen want, and her lawyers want to depose Catherine Herridge to find out where she got the information she reported. And this happened in 2017 while she was at Fox. Okay? Herridge won't give it up. 
Okay, so now a judge has to decide whether to put Heritage in jail, in prison. So very few people are reporting this, but I felt it very interesting. Uh, I'm going to follow it. I don't think Catherine's going to go to prison. I don't think so. It's a civil beef. Or if it was a criminal beef, it would be different. But uh, Catherine Herridge uh, is involved with this and will not give up her sources. In Michigan, a judge says Trump can stay on the primary ballot, rejecting the challenge, all of that. You know, I told you, I don't want to be a know-it-all because I'm not. I'm not a know-it-all. But we have a pretty good baseline of being accurate here at the No Spin News. And you know that. You wouldn't be wasting your time watching me right now. So we said, look, all of this far left challenging Trump on the state ballots is not going to lead anywhere. And so far, Minnesota, Colorado, um, now uh, Michigan, judges are just kicking it out because they know it's unconstitutional. 26 attorneys general urging Congress to pass a new law. The law is called the Immigration Enforcement Partnership Act, where states would have the legal authority to deal with illegal aliens. Okay? It would be a new law. Now, here are the states that are behind the law. Okay? Let's see where they are on my sheet. I got them. I got them. Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Florida. Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, all conservative-run states. No liberal states, okay? So basically, the lawsuit is federal government refuses to enforce immigration law. That is true. It's true. So the states go, we want the power, but Congress has to give it to us. That will never happen. The Senate, run by Democrats, will never pass this law because they don't want immigration law to be enforced. Okay? But it's symbolic. So I think uh, the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, will introduce this. And then we'll see all the Democrats vote against it. Border Patrol, just in October, just in October, took 13 individuals into custody at the southern border that are on the terror watch list, federal terror watch list. 13, just in October. In the entire um, 2018 to 20, under Trump, okay, 18, 19, 20, three years, 12, we're taken into custody on a terror watch list. Three years, 12, one month, 13. Way to go, Joe Biden. Good job on the border. New York City, this is an outrageous story. This is so bad. I can't even tell you how bad this is. So three guys are on the subway platform in the Bronx. My um, sources tell me they're smoking pot. Anyway, they were smoking something. You're not allowed to smoke in the subways. Two New York City police officers approach them, tell them to stop smoking. They say F you to the cops and continue smoking. Cops say, okay, you're gonna have to leave. A brawl breaks out. Three suspects beating on two cops, okay? All right, and they're beating on them. So backup comes, three are arrested. 
Kareem McClary, Isaiah Jemisey, and the other one got away. I'm sorry, two were arrested, one got away. All right, two of the two officers uh, suffered minor injuries. So they take the two charged with assault in the second degree um, and a bunch of other stuff into court. They arraigned them. The DA, Daryl Clark, okay, I'm sorry, Darcel Clark. I can't even read my own writing. Darcel Clark, uber liberal, all right, asked for bail. Not a lot of bail, but bail on these two guys. Judge Eugene Bowen says, nope, lets him out. No bail. They beat up cops. No bail. So they got to come back December 18th. We will track it to see if they show up. And the cops are looking for the third guy. Now, this is why things are out of control in New York City. Imagine you're a police officer and, and you're in a brawl and you arrest the guy. They go in and the guy is out in hours. That's not justice. Who The judge isn't protecting the public or the police department. Boy, just unbelievable what's happened in New York City and New York State. And it's the governor's fault, as we talked about earlier this week. Here is a final thought of the day. So last night, um, I was cruising around Long Island and decided to get a steak. I don't eat a lot of meat anymore. Once in a while, I'll eat a cheeseburger. But it can't be greasy. I got my cheeseburger places. And once in a while, steak, protein, you know, I need my strength. So I go into a restaurant, not fancy, but good food. And it's in a strip mall. It's not some of these she-she places. I go in. I hadn't been there in a while. And I sit down, and I get the menu. A steak, not Porterhouse, not Kansas City cut, none of that. Just a regular steak. 51 bucks. Okay. Under Trump, that steak was $33. The 51, when you add tip and tax, takes you over $60 for the steak. No salad with the steak. Usually you get thrown this out. Nope. No potato. No vegetable. Steak comes on a plate by itself. Very lonely, very lonely steak. Nothing else. Everything in the restaurant's a la carte. Now I'm sitting there going, is this piece of meat worth $60? And the answer is no. It's worth about $15 to $20. So, because I like the restaurant, I a little conversation. Well, labor costs and shipping costs and this and that. Okay. Now, it's my choice. I'm an American. Do I want to pay more than $60 for, and you got to have something with it. So, the owners of the restaurant want to get 100 bucks from every customer. That's their goal. You sit down, they want $100. You drink, easy, over 100 All right. Now, what am I to think about this? 
it's never coming down. So Biden can say, oh, I'm bringing inflation down. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm gonna... It's not coming down. Okay. In the grocery store, few things will come down, but not many. Now, would I go back and buy uh, the $60 steak with no salad or potato or vegetable? No, I wouldn't. Just not worth it. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We'll see you on Monday.